Welcome to the Gravity Technique podcast. My name is Kaz and I'm the creator of the Gravity Technique, which is a bridge between the face-meltingly boring science world and the practical application of how your body actually works. I've spent 20 years researching anatomy and movement, so you don't have to, and this podcast is where I dive into debunking, de-jargoning and myth-busting some of our most common ailments. So if you're ready to feel empowered and take responsibility for your own health and well-being, let's get started. So this week is Soapbox. Um, I love a soapbox, me, and uh, I've always got one hanging around for those more common ailments. And I've been looking at back pain. Ooh, back pain. Back pain is a whopper. And looking at some stats for an article I was writing on this, um, 80% of adults, apparently, uh, will experience some sort of back pain during their lifetime. That's really interesting. Uh, What was also really interesting was the other very bold claim, uh, back pain often develops without a cause that your doctor can identify with a test or imaging study. Um, Usually, back pain is caused by muscle or ligament strain, repeated heavy lifting or a sudden awkward movement. Well, most of the back pain people in my clinic haven't done any of those things. They are sitting at the desk for most of the things. So, and I will get into my other soapbox. I have many soapboxes, the cupboard full of soapboxes. Um, Very controversial statement, sitting is uh, the new smoking. And I will get into that in another session. But for this one, you know, a lot of us are sitting, a lot of us are sitting for longer than we know is useful for us. Um, And we have got back pain issues So what do we do about that? People tell me that they've been told they've got poor posture. Um, But when I ask them what they do with that, they're not really sure. They know they've got poor posture, but they don't really know what that means. And they know they've got poor posture, but they don't really know what to do about it. And they haven't got the practical tools to be able to help themselves with that. So what do we do with it for a healthy back? I think looking at your spine as the functioning whole is the first thing that we need to get into. So for spines in general, we have this kind of misconception that there are different parts of our spine. We've got low spine, we've got the thoracic, which is your rib spine, um, and then you've got your neck, which has nothing to do with any other part of your back. Um, And that's because, you know, a lot of the medical professionals that we talk to are still working off Gray's Anatomy. And Gray's Anatomy is exactly what it says on the tin. It's a book where the body has been dissected into lots and lots and lots of different component parts. And we look at all those different component parts, components of parts, and their, um, and their function But what we fail to do at the end is to put all those component parts back together and look at your body as a functioning whole. So whilst your pain may be in your low spine, what's really interesting is that it's not just your low spine that we need to get into. It's not just the low spine that we need to look at. And as an aside, I think for me, it's being really clear 
that something that is giving you pain in your body isn't necessarily a problem that requires a fix. You are not broken. You do not need to be fixed. So with that in mind, we know that pain is your body's call for your attention. Your body has a a voice, it has a dialogue, it has a language, um, and it's talking to you all the time. And sometimes when it really, really, really needs your attention, it gives you signals that we call pain. They're not something that we need to get rid of. They're not something that we we need to cover up with painkillers. We want to, we need to get into the why. Why is your back doing what it's doing? Why is it hurting? Sometimes that does require, having said that, going for a scan. If the destabilization is really serious and things have been going on for a long time, then you know, surgery may be the right route. Um, I had somebody referred to me once where, um, by a family member, and the family member was very, very keen that I talk their their, their relative out of having the back surgery. Uh, that was what they sent them to me for. Um, as it was, the the disc degeneration was so bad. And the pain levels were so high, there was nothing that we could affect. The the window of opportunity to affect real and lasting change was gone. So with that in mind, we ended up approaching the back surgery in an intelligent way. Uh, We got this person ready for the surgery that was coming to the best that we could. And of course, post-surgery, after a period of recovery, then again comes, and that's what we're always looking for. We're always looking for the window of opportunity. There is always a window of opportunity where you can change often the faulty movement pattern that's causing the wear and tear to happen on the body. So in this particular case, the walking gait was, was out and had been probably their whole life. They'd had um, what we call flat feet, which is, you, you know, just uh, immature feet. They're not, uh, they're not functioning as they should be. They're not providing the foundation for the rest of the body. In this case, the low spine. Um, and the discs had degenerated very rapidly. And, you know, the pain was very, very high. So we had to go in for the surgery. The surgery was the right thing to do. So when nothing is ever off the table, we always want to approach um, everybody. Your body is unique to you as your fingerprint. So we always approach every situation with your unique body. What does it need right now? Why is it doing what it's doing? What does it need right now? So with that in mind, we did the surgery. We got the other out the other side of the surgery. They recovered particularly well. Um, did everything that they needed to do to get themselves well and up and moving about. Pain levels were reduced, so we could get in, sort out the flat feet issue, sort out the walking gait, rebuild muscles where muscles were needed. Um, because we build muscle where muscles are needed, other muscles can relax and release. So a lot of the time we've got tight muscles um, or muscles that are giving us pain and we try to release those. But a little bit like Atlas holding up the world, if those muscles are holding on to something, if they are stabilizing structures by being in a tight state, you won't get them to release. We can give them temporary relief by giving them a bit of a rub, 
but they're not going to release completely. You'll wake up the next morning, they're back exactly as they are uh, beforehand. So it's look at looking at the body imbalance. So if there are structures that are holding on too tightly, there's going to be other structures that are not doing their job. So it's identifying the muscles that are not doing their job. And this brings us back to back pain. If we've been sitting at the desk for long periods of time, it's very likely that there are some muscles on the inside of the spine that are not doing their job. They've gone a little bit weak. Um, They are not supporting the spine as they should be. And a little bit of uh, destabilization occurs there. Now, we are a self-healing organism. We're a highly intelligent um, self-healing organism. So the brain looks down into the body and it says, right, that's destabilizing. What can I use to shore up the, the structures so that things aren't wobbling around as they um, as they are currently? So tight hips, you know, if we stick with the low spine, well, how can we stabilize, you know, restabilize the low spine? Well, we can tighten up around the hips. Uh, we can um, tighten the thighs, hip flexors, um, hamstrings, gluteals, you know, the buttock muscles. How else can we create space in the spine so it's not collapsing into itself? Well, we can pull up through the shoulders. Shoulders go up around the ears. We start to try to lift ourselves out of the waist. And the shoulders can do that by engaging up through the trapezius muscles at the top. So we've got Atlas underneath holding up the world. Uh, There'll be the thighs and the hips. And then we've got this kind of pulling up through the shoulders. And the more we repeat this uh, muscle firing sequence, then the more the muscles within the deep core structures don't need to do their job anymore. And that's exacerbated by the fact that, you know, when we're sitting, the pelvis a lot of the time is rolled under, the head is is looking forwards, it's out of the gravity line. And, you know, the ribs are starting to go down into the tummy. So, and the same when we're standing. If we are standing with flat feet, in inverted commas, and flat feet are only a a thing, they're they're so easily uh, rectified by just some shifts around in the gait and the, the... weight distribution through the feet. And we'll get into that in a different session. But, you know, if there are no interior arches to the feet, then we're just going to go down. We're borne down by gravity. So if the arches of the feet are dropping down into the ground, the knees are going to drop together and then the pelvis is going to shift and then we sag through the low spine. So that's that's back pain in standing. And it's different for everybody. Everybody's back pain is unique to them. Everybody's back issues are unique to them because your brain is, as I say, highly intelligent and we're self-healing. So, you know, Prime Directive 101, don't hit the floor uh, because if we fall over, then, you know, we're going to get damaged or again, come back to the fact, we've talked about this in other sessions that uh, we are, we're, Um, designed to keep us safe. So if we hit the floor and we're damaged, we're either burden on our family or we're going to get eaten by the saber-toothed tiger, either either of which. Your brain is hardwired to prevent that from happening. So your brain will keep you upright at any cost. And I think that's really important to note that it doesn't matter how much pain you are in. 
if your body, if you are upright and you're just about walking around, for your brain, that's a win. And it's happy because you're upright and you're not dead. So with that in mind, it's starting to look at what is my brain putting in place to keep my body upright? Is it useful? A lot of the time it is useful. Sometimes it's not useful and that's where the pain comes in. So a practical tip for back pain, how can you support yourself? If you're standing for long periods of time, check your feet. I can't go over enough times how the an appropriate foundation for your body is essential for a, a pain-free, well-working body. So have a check on your feet. Are you standing back into the heels with the knees locked out? Is your body weight all the way through into the big toes and the arches have fallen and the body's rolling forwards into the front of the feet? Again, the knees will lock out at that point. So just have a wander round in your feet and see if you can get yourself you know, good, uh, even weight distribution throughout your feet. Keep your knees soft and then notice Notice how the pelvis responds to that. Do your hips tilt under? Do they tilt back in a, in a um, direction towards the back of the heels? And then notice the lift in the pelvic floor, the lift in the tummy, the lift in the ribs. Is your head completely forwards? Have you been looking at the computer for too long? If that's the case, find yourself a piece of wall and stand against it. Put your back against the wall and see if you can get your hips and your ribs and your shoulders and your head against the wall. And that brings you back into the gravity line. And that will really help to get space and upward lift into the low spine. If you are, if you're, if you're in real trouble with your low spine and the pain is excruciating and you're actually on the floor and I do see a lot of people that have, that have got to this point, um, then you know, pop onto my YouTube because there's always a, a video on there that uh, that will be able to help you with that. It's quite difficult to describe over over spoken word, but we will get into that, I think, at some point. So the other thing that you can do with your back pain, if you're sitting and, you know, you've got pain in your shoulders, pain in your ribs or pain in your low spine, is get a cushion under your sit bones. So while you're sitting on your chair now, Place your feet on the floor. Notice how your feet connect to the floor. If your feet aren't on the floor while you're sitting at the desk, they need to be. I'm going to show my age. Get yourself a couple of sets of yellow pages or whatever it is that you need under your feet, if you're short like I am, um, short in the leg. Then get something under your feet that will bring your feet up to you. Do not take your chair down to your feet because if you lower your chair, then you're going to be too low for your desk and that's going to mess up your ergonomics. So get something under your feet so that your feet have got something to press into. And then just identify your sit bones on your chair. So if you tilt your hips under, you'll feel the back of your pelvis and the sacrum coccyx. And if you tilt your hips um, away from you, take your pubic bone down towards your chair, you'll find your sit bones. So when you find those, you'll find that the back of your pelvis lifts ever so slightly. And this is where we cheat. I spoke to my teacher many, many years ago when I, when I still had a, a desk job. Um, and I said, you know, what do we do about desk sitting? And he said to me, would you walk around with your hand above your head for eight hours of the day? 
of course I wouldn't. No, I find this mildly amusing. Um, no, of course I wouldn't stand on one foot for eight hours a day or extend my arm up over my head and hold it there for eight hours of the day. But quite rightly, his next question is, why do you expect your spine to do the same? So we sit for long periods of time without a break. So set a timer in your phone to encourage yourself to go and have a break. Um, Whatever you need to do, make sure that when you have your break and you're going to make your cup of tea, that requires walking up some stairs or taking, you know, some kind of a wander whether that's round and round the office, whether that's actually out of the office and round, you know, make sure you take a lunch break. Particularly in the UK, the taking of the lunch break is really, really demonised. It's something that is um, habitually missed out. Get up, get out, get walking. Leave your office space. Take yourself out and about for a good 30 to 40 minutes. It's essential. This is your radical self-care. This is you putting you first. This is you looking after you. And we'll get into why that's important in a second. So feeling your sit bones on your chair. Just notice now that there's a little gap at the back of the pelvis and we're going to pop a little cushion under there. Now you can get cheese wedges online, little foam wedges, and it's the the slim end that goes under uh, the back of your pelvis. It is not a cushion that's going to go under your whole seat. It just tucks under the back of your pelvis behind your sit bones and it retains the tilt of the pelvis, retains the tilt of the hips. So now we've got this nice upward lift through the inside of the tummy. You might find that the ribs start to appear back out of the top of your tummy and you'll start to lift through the chest and the head comes back into the gravity line. So we can't sit for long periods of time without the hips rolling under. It's a physical impossibility. The muscles get tired. We can't not do it, which is a double negative, but you know, you know, you get what I mean. So with that in mind, we just cheat. We just cheat. We put this cushion under the back of the pelvis. It tilts the hips forwards, keeps us in a better um, arrangement while we're doing the work that we need to do. Have your timer set so you're going to go for a walk. Now, the other thing that I wanted to touch on here, and this was something that my teacher measured, um, lovely teacher, Gary Carter. So something that they looked into was a beautiful muscle in your back called quadratus lumborum. Sounds like Harry Potter spell. I like it a lot. But it's a big, thick muscle. Sorry for the food analogy, but it's a little bit like um, the pork fillets that you see in the supermarket. So with that in mind, we've got this big, thick pork fillet of of a muscle. When the pelvis tilts under, that quadratus lumborum muscle, there's two, there's one each side of your low spine. So these lovely thick muscles, either side of your low spine, and they attach your pelvis to your low spine of a sort. There's lots of other muscles in there as well, but we're just looking at those ones for the second. And if you want to look at them, you can look them up on uh, on the internet and you can see exactly where they are. There's been, you know, they're one of those muscles where there's been books written about them, songs, poetry, all of the thing about this, uh, about this one structure, one muscle. So when the pelvis tilts under, the QL, quadratus lumborum, muscle goes long. It gets extended. 
And that's okay because it's supporting your spine and it's keeping everything where it needs to be. The thing that we found that was really interesting was that when you stand up and you walk away from your desk, it is seven minutes for for the quadratus lumborum to return to its appropriate length. And that's something that we really focus on here. We want all muscles in your body to be at their appropriate length and their appropriate strength. Now, some muscles are too long and a bit unstable. Some muscles are too short and too tight. Some muscles are overworking. Some muscles are underworking. And this is about bringing your body back into balance. So for QL being too long or in extension for seven minutes while it sorts itself out and gets back to its appropriate length, which is shorter. What we found really interesting was it generally doesn't take you seven minutes to get up from your desk, go to the loo and come back again. It doesn't take you seven minutes to walk from your desk to the car and to go home. It doesn't take you seven minutes to get out of your car where you're still sitting into your house, flop on the sofa. And again, you're sitting. Or if you're going to the gym, we can go out of the car into the gym, sit on the spinning bike, something like that. So we can spend long periods of our day with these um, spine stabilizers effectively too long and not supporting your back structures as they should be and when we haven't got support in our back structures stuff starts to destabilize other stuff starts pressing on things that they really shouldn't be you know discs start pressing on nerves muscles start going into spasm things get tight you know we are it's kind of anatomy physics in that way that you know when we if, if something is unstable, something else will shore up the structure. It doesn't matter if it's the right muscle or not. If it shores up the structure and does the job, we're happy with that. So really having a think about what that seven minutes means for you. So for one of my clients, he decided that he was going to put his printer on a different floor. So every time he printed something, he had to go and get it, which meant him going down the stairs to the other floor, going to the printer, he would do a couple of gravity techniques that he um, knew to employ to, you know, sort his feet out and just help to um, re-stabilise the structures in his back. And then he would come back to his desk, put his cushion under the back of the pelvis and off he goes again. So these are just little tips and tweaks that we can bring into our daily activities that help us to support ourselves while we're doing um, doing the things that we have to do. Is sitting the new smoking? Quite possibly. But, and this is something I say a lot, we can choose to give up smoking. If sitting at your desk pays for your lifestyle, you're not going to give it up. So how do we work more intelligently while we're doing the daily activities that support our lifestyle? So I hope that's got into... Um, sort of some of the back pain, back pain mythy things or, you know, help to just look at why your spine is doing what it's doing. Um, and I think it's really good to, to have a think about the spine as the functioning whole. 
Um, and we will get into this. I'll do um, primary and secondary curves of the spine in another session. But really thinking about your body as the functioning whole. It is affected by and of itself. You can't throw the stone into the pond and just expect to get ripples on one side. You get ripples across the whole surface area. So with that in mind, have a think about your feet. Have a think about how you're sitting. And have a think about how you're walking. And this will all piece together over time and give you a better uh, viewpoint for how your body works and what it's up to. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And as always, love your, your questions. Keep them coming. Pop me a DM. You can find me at hello at the gravity, uh, hello at gravitytechnique.com. Um, you can pop over to YouTube and see some of the videos also at Gravity Technique. And, you know, just love to hear from you. Please do give us a like and a review um, to stop us going into the podcast ether. And I hope that you're enjoying what we're talking about here and you're finding this stuff useful. So take care and I will see you next time.